Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I am your ignorant and foolish host, Prue Warren, and I am thankfully next to my brilliant co-host. Hi, I'm Meredith Bond, and brilliant um, is a relative term here. <laughs> well, I, well, you're, you're thrown into stark brightness by my darkness, so okay, brilliant is a relative term. And today, we are thrilled to welcome a guest... We have with us author Jenny Kate, who has marketing skills, book marketing skills. Jenny, I do. <laughs> what? I do have book marketing skills. We are so excited. I need and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Will you do a little, will you do a little here's who I am intro? Sure. So I've been marketing since 2001 and went to my first High Speak Writers Conference out in Colorado Springs in 2012 and decided I was going to learn everything I could about book marketing specifically because it's a very different ballgame, right? And so I've spent the last about 10 years focusing and really understanding because so many authors hate it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to learn it. And I'm like, wow, I do this for a living. It's awesome. You know, so I'm very happy to keep track of trends and kind of guide people so they don't have to do that. Right. I can just be like, hey, here are the three things you need to do. Make that happen. And I'll help you. Oh, my God. Thank God. That's why we love you, Jenny. We love you. I love marketing. It's so fun. (laughs) Well, you know, I love marketing, too. My background is in fundraising and I. I believe in positioning. I'm fine with that and, and in persuading. But book marketing really is a different world. And it's so dependent on Amazon. And Amazon is so opaque and such a mysterious overlord. Yes. I don't yes. know what to do. Did you, you implied that there were three things you can do. Well, one, two, and three. <laughs> All right. Uh, one, you gotta you have to develop a very solid brand, right? And that doesn't just mean my colors and my fonts. It means who are you? to your reader? Who is your, like, who's your public persona that you are going to be comfortable with sharing to your reader? And because a lot of people get really nervous about, like, I don't want to talk about myself out in public. Okay. That's totally fine. But you need to, but people buy from people that they like, know, and trust, right? So how do they get to know you? How do they get to like you? And how do they get to trust you? You've got to find a way to present yourself in a way that's comfortable for you that allows the reader to do that. So you got to think through, I mean, we could talk about terms like value proposition and all this kind of stuff, but what we're really talking about is, hey, I'm a romance author, right? I'm a small town romance author. I'm from nowhere, Alabama, and you're going to learn all kinds of cute little stuff about Southern traditions and Southern, you know, isms, like we have really crazy sayings down here, but that's the public persona that I'm going to give to you. You don't need to know anything about my, you know, my other background, like, I was a teacher once a very long time ago. I'm not really going to tell you all about that. You know, I've been in the military for a long time, too. We're not going to be chatting about that. We are going to chat about the fact that I grew up with one of those Blanche Dubois mamas who will guilt trip you all day long (laughs) into being, you know, to doing your Amy Vanderbilt book of etiquette because it's funny. 
and it's cute. And it's part of the small town Southern romance that I write. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. it makes sense. It makes so that's the branding, right? Step one, branding. And then everything that molds around that should reflect that brand. So you're not going to have like varsity level font on your, you know, for your name, if you're not writing sports romances all the time, right. you know, you're going to have like, for me, it's going to be doilies and cute little semicircles, kind of like Mary Kay Andrews, right? She's from Tybee Island and she has the greatest public persona and she's very sweet. I've met her before and her fonts and colors show that kind of persona, right? The other thing you can do is come up with a couple of things that you like to talk about. Like, she does a lot of antiquing and she's renovating an old house on Tybee Island. That is not invasive, right? So she can talk about that and still present herself as someone really interesting that you would be interested in knowing. And once you know her and you like her because she's awfully cute, you will trust her and try her book. And once you try that book, you're going to be like, yeah, this is exactly what I like to read. And now you'll buy all of them, which I'm just describing myself because I've bought everything that she's done. <laughs> but I also got to meet her, right, in person. And so she was delightful. When I met her, all part of the brand. This is particularly interesting for me because I published my first book four months ago. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I've sold 600 copies. Which is amazing. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) But I've never been a published author without a quarantine. So the concept of what do you want to talk about and how do you meet people and how do you get along with people? You're absolutely in new territory for me. You're in the, you're in okay, the, well, so but you is, are meeting people on Facebook. That's exactly what I was about to say. Step number two is pick your social media outlet, you know, pick one, don't get all sucked into all of them and pick the one that works for your audience. Like, have you defined who your reader actually is? Not who you want it to be, but who it actually is. Like who, how do you do that? How do you define your reader? Well, think about your work. Who's going to read your work? You know, so Southern like romances, small town Southern romances are not going to be read by horror authors or horror readers, right? It's not going to be read by big city readers. This is going to be people who are like Debbie Maycomer, Mary Kay Andrews. Those readers are going to read my work. So I have to think about that as I'm branding myself because are those readers on Snapchat? Probably not, but they more than likely are on Facebook and Instagram. Does that help? It helps. It helps, but I don't feel, I mean, it's funny. I've only have 600 readers. I could probably call them up and ask them. (laughs) (laughs) If Amazon would tell them, tell you who they were. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's interesting. Define your reader in order to choose your social media outlet. Well, right. Because are you writing young adults? I'm writing um, romantic comedy with suspense. Yeah. So you're not writing for teenagers. No. You're not going to be on Snapchat. No, actually, no, I'm definitely not because I have very dirty parts in my books. But I suppose teenagers would like <laughs> Teenagers like dirty parts yes. too, but. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the point is, are you aiming at men? No. Okay, so you're not going to be on YouTube and you're not going to be on Snapchat and TikTok. Oh, look at you. That's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're not going to be on Twitter either. That's fine because what I've chosen is Facebook and Instagram. And I think that's where you need to be. Look at me. Already there. That's outstanding. Okay. So you believe that these social media outlets have genders? Well, they already have proven. Yeah. There's statistics that show who is more active where, and you can, I mean, you can easily find that just at these. So like there are three or four different sites that I follow every year and they always produce the, what was like, what was last year's uh, demographics on this particular outlet. And yeah, there it's very obvious who's on what. 
Used so to be that you could say like Facebook was everybody, but no, the kids don't want to be where their parents are. So they're not on Facebook. Right, right, right. They're, it's all love farts on Facebook. What do you think of Pinterest? I think Pinterest is really good for romance authors. Yes. But I think you, here's where it goes back to, you don't want to spread yourself too thin because do you want to sell books or do you want to build a social media platform? Like which one is it? Because I think social media is good for building a followership and a fan base, but it's not necessarily the best thing in the world to sell books. Ads will sell books. Newsletters will sell books. Your email list will sell books. So social media is a place for people to get to know you, right? Like know, like, and trust you so that they might sign up for your email list. But it's been proven that that really organic reach on Facebook is, is almost nothing. And if you want to sell a book, you, I mean, it's, it's ads and it's email list. Social media is different. So I don't want to say you shouldn't be on social media because that's exactly where authors, readers would like to come find you, right? It's just, there's a big difference between selling a book and finding a like reader follower. Because you just are because they're following you doesn't mean they're buying. I think that's brilliant. Because you're right. The goal is not to make a million friends. It's just to sell a million books. It's also to start a conversation because just because you're, you're 600 followers on Facebook, like some of those are buying your book, but they're also talking about your book. So they will go tell their friends and go tell their friends. So there is absolute value in being on social media. But if you spread yourself too thin, now you don't have time to write and you don't have time to focus where you can actually sell a book, which is going to be Facebook ads, Amazon ads, book club. So you do believe that advertising on social media is worth it. I do think it's worth it. Yes. And Jamie Farrell would tell me that is also true. She and I've had disagreements over the years about whether or not Facebook ads are worth it. I will tell you she's kicking butt at it. And so, yes, if you can learn how to do Facebook ads and these days it's become more complicated than it used to be, it is absolutely worthwhile. Yes. Do not waste your money, Prue, on Amazon because you only have one book. Okay. So that's very valuable. Thank you very much. But let's assume... Say it again. Say it again. Freeze ads. Okay. Let's assume that, I mean, uh, the people who listen to our podcast, we've come to understand recently, are often multi-published authors and we are impressed with them. So uh, can you do a little bit about what's what's the tipping point? When do Amazon ads become valuable as opposed to not worth it for me? Sure. So you have to think about Amazon as a retailer. It is not a bookseller. It's a retailer. And that's different. So Amazon wants to provide a service to its customers, which is product, right? And if you don't have an inventory of product, then you're not as valuable to Amazon's customer as Amazon would like for you to be. So if you have one book, that algorithm is not going to help you out very much. But if you have six, seven, eight, 10 books and a bunch of series, Amazon's really going to be your best friend because they know you have an inventory to sell to your reader and to their customer. So I, I always tell people who have maybe five or six books or less, focus on BookBub and focus on Facebook ads. But if you've got, if you're rocking out a series and you're producing books every so often, no, you need to be doing Amazon ads. See, I've not been doing Amazon ads at all since they first started because I haven't found that they sold very well. And I've got over 25 books. See, I would t- I would love to just sit down with you and look at your like your keyword list and let's look at where you're focusing because it might very well be maybe audience. You know, it may be a keyword list. I mean, it may be, I hate to say this, but it may be the amount of money that you're spending on your ads. You know, who knows? I mean, there are a lot I am of- very cheap. Well, <laughs> that may be a problem because Amazon wants to make money off you. <laughs> So back um, last year, Facebook ads dipped to really low and it was an excellent time to sell books. And that has now increased a little bit, um, but I'm still spending 
I think 40, 30, 40 cents a person for an email list on Facebook ads. So that's, that's still a pretty good rate there. Back up, back up, back up. Explain that sentence. You're spending 30 or 40 cents. Do it again. Explain that. Okay. So there, yeah. So ads work work for you for two reasons. You're either selling books with your ads or you're building an email list, right? Mm -hmm. So you can either sell books. And if you're, let's, let's focus on selling books for now. If it costs you more to sell, to buy the ad than it does to sell the book, it's not working for you, right? Right. Spending a dollar on your book. And and, I mean, it goes back to, it's all about money, right? If your book is $5 and you spend $6 per book on an ad, you're not making any money. Amazon's making the money. Um, But if your book is $5 and you're only spending a dollar, now you've made four bucks. I mean, this is kind of very simple way to look at it, but um, you have to keep track of all of your analytics. That's the hard part. And I think people get really frustrated with ads because it requires a lot of time and energy focusing on analytics. And if you don't have the energy to do that, don't do it. Hire a VA to do that for you. Um, just be aware when you do hire a VA that they better know how to do advertising. Otherwise, you're wasting your money there too. VA is virtual assistant? Yes, it is virtual assistant. And I do advocate virtual assistants for people who would rather write books and just get so frustrated with you know with their marketing. Just let the VA do it for you. Yeah, but they cost money too. <laughs> they do, yes. So if you're not making money with your books, I mean, that, this whole thing, right? We're selling books, but you have to spend money. You know, back in the day, even like I always kind of give this example. Mark Twain built an entire town around his characters. Like he was always marketing. You know, Charles Dickens came over to the United States and did you know book tours all over the place. You have to spend money, or you're not gonna you're not gonna make money. <laughs> ben Big Beebe, my friend. So you've got there's my my poor little brain is like all like what what are you talking about? I'm I'm very I'm very confused and once again feel like marketing is the big deep. Uh, there's a lot going on here that I don't understand. These Facebook ads and Amazon ads and the analytics and knowing, like, how do you know, like when I do an ad, I say, I will spend $5 a day on my ad, Facebook. Why are you making that face? Don't you? A lot of money. (laughs) It's what? It's what? A lot of money. I wouldn't spend that much money on a Facebook ad every day. $5 $5 a I day. I spend $2 a day on my Facebook ads. $2 a day. Yeah. So, okay, Prue, I think let's back up because I think for where you are in your career, I would not be focusing on ads right now at all. For you, I would focus on your one social media platform, your website, building that email list and writing your books. Because if you don't have books, plural, to sell, it doesn't matter if you learn Facebook ads. So once you get to the three to five book range, I would then probably take a class on Facebook ads and Mark Dawson. You're God bless you. It's I feel so it. much I mean, better now. Look, you need to learn your craft. You need to learn how to write a great book. And then you need to write a bunch of them. And right. then you can work on your social media and your email list is going to be a big one because that's, I mean, if you can build an email list, that's going to sell your books. And that's just going to cost you whatever, you know, mail or light or MailChimp costs you per month. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So that's why I would tell you to focus is hardcore develop that brand, figure out exactly who your reader is, and then write your books. But for Mary, on the other hand, who has a ton of books, ads courses are absolutely imperative. BookBub, Facebook, don't bother with Google because that's for like New York Times, uh, you know, like that's like New York advertisers that we don't, we haven't got time for. So No, I have never done right? that. Right? <laughs> no. Never. So Facebook, BookBub, Amazon, and any of the other newsletters, if you're interested, you know, like Fussy Librarian and, you know, Book Gorilla and those kind of guys. Um, so that's where I would focus Mary. Prue, you're going to be overwhelmed if you start doing ads. So don't. 
I'm already overwhelmed. Thank you very much. Well, for this you, conversation. Right, that's part of the problem when you're a new author is that you're so focused on, I got to have a brand and I got to sell books, but you don't have books to sell. So right. you focus on craft and then in your spare time, you can deal with your social media and that other stuff. And list building. Yes, list building. Um, Amy Porterfield has an excellent class on list building and I have taken it and I love it. And uh, that's, I mean, you're going to, you know, organic reach on social media can help you with list building. Uh, Instagram, I think would be a really good place to do that. You wait, can, wait, 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 you're going, what, who, who gave the good list building class? What was Amy her name? Porterfield did. Bella. Yeah, Porterfield, P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. She is a Fortune 500 businesswoman who made her, I think she made seven figures for the first time two years ago. Um, she used to work with Tony Robbins and she has two classes, one on list building and one on course creation. And her list building class is fantastic. But the idea is if you're going to build an email list, the first thing you need is your brand. You can't do anything without a brand. So figure that out first. Then you figure out your reader, right? Then part of that brand includes social media and your website. If you don't have a website, your credibility is already off the window. So you got to develop your website. Then you look at your freebies. So Freebies are things that you give away that are valuable for your reader that will suck them into your world. So whether that is a free book, and I know a lot of authors actually give away a free book. For Mary, I would absolutely say a free book or two because you've got enough to do that. Um, Especially if you're writing series and you could give them the first two in the series, you'll suck them in and then they'll have to buy the rest of them, you know. But for Prue, I would do character sketches. I would do chapter, you know, free chapters or um, interviews. I would do maps. Like if you have a cool map of your location, your setting, uh, there are a lot of different things that you can do as an author to give to readers as part of the freebie to kind of get them into your world, right? So they're, you're not really inviting them to your street team, but you are inviting them to your email list. A street team would be down the road. So once you do that, you build your freebie, then you pick your email uh, provider. So I used to use MailChimp. I now use MailerLite. Any of those would be fine for new people. There, um, I think MailChimp is still free, but uh, for like the first 500, I think. Um, but you're not going to get the services that you need because you need to be able to do A-B testing and auto resends and that sort of thing. So you're probably going to pay 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month if you use MailerLite or MailChimp for that service. As a new author, I would tell you, don't bother with the paid route. Go the free route until you're used to developing your emails. Once you get them in with the freebie, you got to put them on what's called a free email. Like it's an automation is what it is. You're going to send them like 16 emails out of that automation. It's not a welcome series. Yeah. Yeah. It's a welcome series. And you can do anywhere from five to 10 emails and you space them out, you know, every couple of days or so. Yeah. Three is not enough. (laughs) I only send out like three emails. Mary, Mary, I would absolutely make yours more like 12 Um, because Mary has more offer, right? She's got 25 books and that's a lot of material to mine for your email list and you're not bombarding them. Look, the bottom line is people read email, whether you like to believe that or not, that is the way the world is in 2022 one or whatever year we're in now, (laughs) but people read email. So if they don't want to read it, they won't. But if your open rates are between get this 15 and 25%, you're considered an excellent email. That's good really? news. Yes, that's considered. My a- newsletter open rates at about 30%. That's excellent. I'm at 33. Mine's between 30 and 45, depending on the on the, the year. Oh, that the- makes me feel much better. But Jenny, yeah. I want to back you up and, and ask you specifics about me because I only have a three message welcome series, but I also email my newsletter once a week. So um, 
email once a week is really good because people will forget you if you don't email them. And nobody should worry about being emailed too often because if they don't want to listen, if they don't want to hear from you, they will just not open it. Okay. You know? Um, it becomes a problem if they're not opening it when you have to start paying for more, like that's down the road. Right. But right now, if you're getting a 30% open rate, that's fantastic. So you clearly know what you're doing. Just add more emails. I would add one like for the welcome series. I would add one um, every two or three days for about four weeks for you. In a welcome series, you wouldn't just roll them into whatever's going on now. What? No, you would do that in, in addition. How do you feel about um, mail builder list things like Ryan Z and novel publicity, where you can get lots of email lists, email to add to your list? So I think you got to be a little careful about buying email lists, because if they're not the right reader for you, you're going to waste a lot of money on that on that reader. But I mean, I, I think that's another thing you test, right? I think it's a service that he offers for a reason. And so I would test it because you can always dump people if they're not going to, if they're not going to open your emails, you just get you take them off your list. You just have to get right. them. And he's, he's got um, genre specific um, list building campaigns. So I just was given the opportunity to sign up for one for historical romance. So those I know are already people who are, who like what I write. I would definitely try that then. Yep. To see how it goes, you got to monitor the, you know, monitor the analytics and make sure that it's working for you because you don't want to waste your money. Right. And What's that name? I'll put it in the show notes. What's the name, Mary? Ryan Z, Z-E-E. Okay. And uh, Novel Publicity does them as well, where you spend like $25 and you get like a couple hundred names to add to your list. And about half of them or not even maybe a third of them drop off after the first email. Usually it's because they get their freebie and then they're out. Um, right. But it's worth asking- a lot of them by this time have also already signed up for my email list. And so they're ah, duplicates. Yes. So back in the day, there used to be a don't ever buy emails thing, you know, going on. But I think people sign up for that service for a reason. So if they're, you know, if, if you get them in for the one email and they kind of look through it and see, no, that's not really for me. They'll, go, they'll let you go. And then you can track yours and see if they're opening it. If they're not, you just dump them. Right. And it's not expensive. It's just 25 bucks. You get me all excited. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make you do an entire, well, I'm going to ask you to do an entire podcast <laughs> purely on welcome series. Hey, because- Prue, Um, So what I would like for you to do is go to my website, thewriternation.com. Wait, wait, wait. Thewriternation.com. Yep. Click on the toolkit. Okay. Take the quiz. I love a quiz. The quiz is going to tell you where you are. Are you junior varsity, varsity, or pro? I'm going to go with junior varsity on this one. Okay. All right. (laughs) It's going to spit you out though. When you, when you finish it, it's going to give you an entire branding checklist for you to go through everything that you need to do in that stage of your career. It's not, it shouldn't overwhelm you. It should be really easy to follow, but that'll help you kind of get an eyesight of where you need to be. Which is why we love you, Jenny. (laughs) And I'm going to go. That's so awesome that the people who are on the treadmill or doing their laundry or driving will want to hear that, that email, that pod, the web address again, the The writer nation.com, the writer nation.com, do the toolkit, take the quiz. Yes. I I just signed up to get the other freebie that you were giving out, which I can't wait. I'm going to get started on this very, very soon. Um, which is a fantastic list of all the things that you can put up on social media. 
It's like every month I rack my brains. What am I going to put up on my Facebook page? And you just gave it to me in this lovely long list. All I wanted was your email address so I can just keep sending you emails all month. But yeah, that's a free one too. So Prue, if you're ever worried about what to put on your social media, just go grab that one too. All right. I I was already on your email list and now I guess I'm there twice. (laughs) Yes, you'll get a new series for that one. So how long is your welcome series? How long will it be for Mary? Now she's signed up for, tell me about what I should post on social media. I think social media has um, seven on the automated list. I think the authorpreneur book has about seven or eight social, um, what's another one? I've got, um, gosh, there's so many. (laughs) A lot of running lists on there, but I, I usually do between six and nine, depending on what I'm talking about. Gosh. All right. Yeah, see, I don't think I have that much to tell my readers. You do. You absolutely do. So like, maybe that's what I'll do then is, hey, what do you tell your readers in an email list? <laughs> That'll be the next one that I put up. Right. You should. It yeah. Should. Because should. my welcome automation says, welcome to my list. Uh, download, download your freebie. And by the way, my freebie mm-hmm. is an anthology of backstory short stories for my most recent series. So it's like that's pretty cool. 10 or 15 short stories in an mm-hmm. anthology. So they get all of the characters and their instigating moments that lead them to the book. So I think that's, I, is that huh? good? Is that working for you? Uh, I just started it and I haven't gotten any complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important about your emails is if you can find a way to get people to respond back to you, that's what's really important so that it doesn't go straight to spam. So ask questions to force them to be like, hey, I'm so-and-so and this is what I do because you don't want, especially Gmail because it's the largest provider in the United States, to push your stuff as unwanted or put it in the promotions tab so always ask some kind of questions and for feedback. Don't ask too many because then they'll be like, I don't, why am I answering all these questions? But like one fun question and use the PS. Everybody reads the PS. That's true in direct mail fundraising. The yes. PS is the most valuable real estate in a printed letter. I think that it also is in an email. Because we're just going to scam it anyway, right? I'm going to scan it. Right. right. <laughs> I'm going right. to scam it. Yeah, I'm just going to, like, the last line is easy enough. So, <laughs> so. The question can, you know, so the PS can just be, hey, uh, click here to tell me who your favorite Regency author is. Well, reply back is what you want. Reply yeah. back. Yeah. And, so, and then the click here is a, a email, is my email address for them to reply back. Which, which uh, ESP are you using? Uh, you mean... I use Mailer Lite. I can answer that question. I use Active Campaign. I use Mailer Lite. Okay, I think I try that and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then instead of put the click here, just take that out and hit reply. Just hit reply back and see if they'll just oh. reply directly to that email. And it see does. It does. Just so, just hit reply back. Okay. Yep. And ask Did an open ended question, and that will get me on their whitelist. Hopefully. <laughs> cool. I love that trip. <laughs> yes, I need to go back and look at my welcome series as well. Welcome series is important because they'll, you know, they're getting to know you. That's the other way we like know and trust, right? So they're getting to know you through this email list. 
And I, I send out a monthly report and I didn't used to do like a personal update at the end of that. But when I added that personal update, I got way more replies back. And that increased my, my open rate stayed about the same, but I got replies, which I knew meant people were paying attention to it. That's pretty interesting. Yep. Oh, God. I didn't mean to blow your mind, Prue. <laughs> I, my mind is blown. You know, it's funny because it's like, I don't know anybody who's a writer who believes they're good at marketing, except now Jenny. Um, She's been doing it a long time. <laughs> it seems to be an area where everybody feels insecure. Yes, because yes. And here's the other thing. Like we're not selling hammers, right? We're selling books and there is a big difference in the two. So you don't have competition. Like if you're going to read Regency Romance, you're going to read about every Regency Romance you can, you can find. So it's not competition. It's not Ace Hardware versus, you know, Home Depot. This is, we're all in this together. And so you have to find what works for you and your brand. And so when somebody tells you, you have to do A, B, and C, mm, you need to test A, B, and C to see if that works for you. And that's what makes it so difficult is that there's so many different ways to be successful and you have to have the time and energy to test them out. I mean, that's the, the harder part is, you know, do I have time and do I care? Maybe not. <laughs> I just want to write books, which is why newsletter swaps are so awesome, which is why Facebook takeovers are so awesome. Because then you're sharing somebody else, you know, in their list too. And that really kind of helps take a little bit of the burden off of you. Um, because learning ads is is hard. Those are they're not easy and it's so time consuming. And I know authors who spend 50% of their time writing and 50% of their time marketing. And, you know, the, the way we can make this easier on ourselves is number one, understand you're not competing. Number two, develop a very strong brand. And number three, work together. And romance authors are fantastic about working together to see what, hey, this is working for me, or that's not quite working, or what should we do? You know, romance authors are like the best marketers on the planet. So we're already ahead of the curve because we have access to all of these other romance writers who are doing, you know, great things. And they're all doing it differently. So you have this wealth of knowledge, which I think is super important. You're very inspirational. Oh, good. <laughs> can people hire you? Can I can I say to you, Jenny, I'm just going to throw money at you. Make it work. <laughs> so I am not a virtual assistant, but I am a consultant. So if you'd like to hire me to consult with you and give you kind of like a, hey, this is where I think you should be, we can absolutely do that, I guess. And just because I like to make this as real as possible for people, uh, how long does an hour-long consultation with you, how long, how long would you need? If I came to you and said, new author, help me, you'd say, okay, I can do this in an hour and this is what I'll charge you. Or what so would you say? What I need beforehand is give me all of your online presence. Where you got, I need to look at your website. I need to look at your social media. And if you're doing ads at all, let me see that. If you've got your Amazon page, let me see that. Because I'm going to do an analysis before we even sit down and talk. And so that alone will probably take an hour. And then our conversation, I've had those go from an hour to three hours, depending on who wants to talk so much. You know, I mean, it, it depends. So yes, you can get a hold of me, um, thewriternation.com. You can contact me right there and we can chat about, you know, fees and stuff like that. Yes. And you don't want to say fees? No, ma'am, I don't. <laughs> then I won't, then I won't press the point. How about this? It's affordable. It's affordable. Well, yes. it certainly sounds like a very smart investment. It, I think it is because like, think about the, what you did to learn how to write. You know, like I went to grad school to learn how to be a writer. That's not a crap ton of money <laughs> to learn how to be a fiction writer, you know, but I spent a lot of time and energy and I've gone to conferences for years. We spent a lot of money on craft. 
Well, if you want the world to see that craft, and I hope you do, because whatever has come from inside you for the world to see is going to be excellent. You really need to spend the time on figuring out how to get it to them. So I, I think you have to mirror that, you know, in your business, because this is a business. That's outstanding. That's absolutely outstanding. I'm absolutely thrilled. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to take my quiz at the Rider Nation. Everybody go take the quiz. Um, but on the main page of the website, there are, there are three blocks in the middle and you can get free stuff right there too. So check those out. I think the social media one is there and there's something else there. Um, and and it, I'm going to make a so very, very, it's <laughs> so worth giving you my email address to get that free stuff. Because sometimes when you sign up for this free stuff from the, from marketers and so on, they give you just crap. They give you stuff that any old schmuck would know. <laughs> but your stuff is so worth it. You That's give such great, great information. <laughs> well, I like my report because it gives you industry information, which I think is really important for writers to be able to pay attention to the industry. And the book industry is doing well. It's not awesome, but it's doing better than I think we all thought it would do. And it's, that trend has been really good for all of us. And romance authors have hemorrhaged themselves from traditional media and are making tons of money as indie publishers. So I'm just saying, I'm a big fan of, of that. Um, and before we go, I want to make a real quick pitch. Yeah. I am the new director for the Pikes Peak Writers Conference next year. And we are going to do, uh, it's usually four or 500 people. It's every genre on the planet. Barbara Samuels is our romance keynote. And it will be in Colorado Springs next April. So be on the lookout for information about that. It's an excellent, excellent conference. Good to know. Thanks. I like Very that idea in person too. And it's all genres. Yeah, it's multi-genre. Mm -hmm. I'm so focused on romance writing that it's like, there are other genres I don't understand. There are, there are always <laughs> agents and editors and publishers from New York too. We always get the New York Times bestsellers as our keynotes. I mean, this is a, the Writer's Digest uh, magazine always rates it in the top 10 best conferences in the United States. So it's an excellent conference. And it'll be hybrid this year. So if you don't want to travel all the way to Colorado, then you can, you know, pay a little bit and watch it online too. Magnificent. And what time of year is it? April 27th or May 1st. Okay. Late April. So it's right about the same time as the Washington Romance Writer. It is okay. right about the same time as the Washington Romance Retreat. There's usually about a week or two between the two, and I'm running from D.C. to Colorado and back every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenny, you've blown my mind repeatedly, and I have to go and think. I have to go take a quiz. <laughs> well, enjoy your quiz, and you let me know if you've got any questions. <laughs> oh, honey, Bobby be contacting me. Don't you worry. <laughs> Meredith, next podcast, we're talking to Allison Garcia. Is that right? That is right. Allison is a fascinating person because she writes um, Latina Christian romance and is moving into gay Christian romance. And you would not expect gay and Christian to be in the same sentence. I would not. I would not. I'm interested in talking to her about that. And we're and she is also a pantser, just like Grace Burroughs. But I have a feeling that she does it differently, and I can't wait to talk to her to find out how she does it. Our beloved listeners, both of them, should um, rate us where they got their podcast from and leave um, comments or messages on the writers party, the writers block party podcast.com, which is harder to say than the writer nation.com. <laughs> and we have our Discord server, Mary. Yes, we do. Our Discord server has been doing really well. We have a number of people who are really getting very active. It just makes my little heart. It's a good place for writers to come and talk about writing and engage in sprints and hold each other to account and commiserate. 
And we yes, can talk so about that is our new thing that we are. Uh, I am encouraging everybody on our Discord server to pop in just once a day and just tell us what you're going to be working on. Because if you tell somebody what you're going to be working on, you are much more likely to do it. I like the theory. I'm hoping it's going to work. Yep. This has been, once again, a mind-expanding podcast. I thank Jenny so much, and I thank Mary so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Jenny. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank you.